Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. John and Justin here. We're going to have a show that is yet, what, three weeks away from training camp? I guess it's the 30th, so it's less, yeah. like two and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. No and doubt. by the way, for whoever, I can't remember who runs the Basketball Fantasy League that I do every year, but I know they're fans of Celtic Stuff Live. Everybody's asking me when the when the fantasy draft is going to be again, but I have no idea. I don't run the league and um I'm in if you guys are in. So just let me know. I'll do it. Um, two and a half weeks, bro. Finally, we get to see this roster still wheeling and dealing since our last call. Juancho. I, I, I gotta tell you, I've always liked the Ernan Gomez boys. Um, not necessarily like, I think this is the big, needle mover but the one thing that you said was the roster's not balanced they need a power forward who can stretch it a little bit who can switch and situationally off the bench behind jason tatum you got your man and i do think this roster construction is about as balanced as we've seen in years honestly um when you look at just the the guards to the wings to the forwards with a couple of centers you got players that do different things that other players don't so you know they're going to have lots of tricks in their bag that way. We're not relying on Grant Williams, but maybe he's a better player than they're giving him credit for. And we'll certainly find out because they'll be able to put him with a better mix, a better blend. And in the end, I think, you know, that might smooth out a lot of the bumps. He's already got two all-stars. You know, you've got some major free agent pickups. So I, I was happy about it. I didn't really see a slot for Chris Dunn. And you know what I think about Carson Edwards. Nice guy. Rips it up in the summer league, maybe a couple of inspirational performances here and there, you know, when the team is down, but uh, there was a log jam. There was a log jam at guard. And now this roster, I would say is, is pretty fully constructed and certainly not any worse than last year. 
I mean, I think, I don't know if their top end is as high as last year's team could have been, but. Because I, of Kemba? Kemba's, Kemba's of Kemba. right. And that's, but that's assuming a healthy Kemba. And, and even then, I'm not even sure that's the case, right? I mean, I think, I think there's a fair case to be made that they are, they're better because they're better rounded as a, as a roster, you know, from one to, one to 15. I think they're, you know, they're better. They have more players you can count on, more players you know going into it exactly what they're going to provide. And I, you're right. It, you know, Wancho, uh, allows you to do a lot of things, uh, that you couldn't do last year. And, and he, you know, he's, um, he allows you to, to go arguably a little smaller and have a six nine power forward who, uh, whose calling card should be to shoot the ball pretty well. Um, I, I just, <laughs> as a for instance though, um, his first year in the league, he shot 40% from three. His second year in the league, he shot 28%. His third year, he shot 36%. La- the year before that, he shot, uh, 34%. And then last year, he shot 32%. So what that means, you got me, but I mean, it shows that he can shoot the ball well. Um, you know, I don't know why it hasn't been consistent or what's happened there, but uh, in any event, we starting an Adam Sandler movie, which is pretty cool, I guess. Um, but apart <laughs> from that, I really don't know what to expect other than the idea of what he should be able to provide. Um, and, and arguably, I think that in the best of all worlds, we're all hoping that, that he's playing very little and Grant Williams has established himself as the team's preeminent power forward. But uh, you know, I don't have a whole lot of faith in that. I, I, I think what's nice about him, about Wancho is that, you know, I don't think he's far and away had, has beaten out Grant Williams or Jabari Parker. I think yeah. it's an open competition. And that's, that's what's kind of exciting about this training camp coming up here in a few weeks. There's a lot of spots still open to be debated while there's some veterans there. And I think we can rely on those guys. It's an option that Brad Stevens didn't have the last two years, um, but especially last year. But there's going to be a lot of debate, a lot of argument, a lot of, a lot of battles, I think, going on, you know, but with all these rookies and second year and third year guys, um, they're all going to be having, you know, a battle for, for minutes and they have a potential to kick some of these veterans we think will do a lot more a little bit further down the rotation. And, and, but, but I'm glad that, that with Wancho, and, and Schroeder and, you know, Richardson and, uh, you know, you have an opportunity now for, you know, and Horford. Um, you know, these rookies are, are, are young players aren't being forced to be put in those positions. They can, they can apprentice when they're, when they're not showing themselves to be what their potential is. And then they can also step up and, and, and take those spots perhaps when they're ready for that opportunity. Yeah, I, again, more competition with guys that aren't, I mean, none of them are going to separate themselves necessarily, right? Somebody's probably going to get the bulk of the minutes, but nobody's going to be like, oh, this is the guy that has totally separated himself above the rest of the pack. And maybe that happens, maybe, but it's pretty unlikely. You know, Jabari Parker would have to all of a sudden resemble the first round pick level, uh, that he was or, the first, you know, <laughs> can't even say lottery pick. Like he's kind of picked high. So, you know, but that kind of potential and sure, maybe then he would, you know, Grant Williams winds up being that defensive statistical stalwart that he was 
against Toronto and that some of the advanced analytics that everybody's been sharing the last couple of weeks might say that he could be. The truth is, is players at this level are going to have ups and downs with the kinds of careers that they've had to date. And they're, and the great thing is, is that they're going to be able to just try their hand at whichever one is fitting the lineup or having the right level of confidence, doing what they need to be doing. And, um, you know, even when they get into training camp, it's not the, I don't, Jabari is probably the only one that might get cut maybe. And I, I'm not sure anybody gets cut at this point. I think they like having that salary because I still think they want to make a trade move without giving up a Marcus Smart, a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown. And so I don't see them shedding the salary. They seem to be right on point with where they wanted to be, you know, related to the, to the cap. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think everything's around very much around the edges at this point, which is, you know, partly why you wouldn't perhaps spend more draft capital to go out there and get somebody better than Juan Hernan Gomez. But okay, I, I think I think this is the type of the exact type of move you make. Uh, somebody who's done something in the league, um, but you're not going to get a whole lot for someone <laughs> when when they're not, you know, a name. They're not. You're not going to give up, you know, the draft capital it took to say. Go out and get a Larry Nance Jr. like Portland did. Um, you know, you're gonna have to do some things that are probably more around the edges and, and, and really, um, you know, you really didn't have to give up much at all, uh, to shed, uh, Chris Dunn and, and Carson Edwards and, you know, swap a second round pick, you know, I think 2026. Um, you know, you got that. And then, you know, they, they did sign a couple training camp guys. Uh, Luke Cornett's coming back on exhibit 10 deal. Which sounds like he'll be playing in Maine, um, which, which is kind of like what they've done recently with a number of guys, Chris Babb and a few others. Um, they'd sign these deals, which basically says, yeah, you're probably not going to make the roster and we'll send you right to Maine. So that's kind of, but somebody like Cornette substantiates trade rumor potential that they're trying to package salaries. Yeah. Guy was on the roster last year, Mm -hmm. seven footer. They like the fact that he could defend the pick and roll. If they make a trade where they package all of these salaries to go get another high level player, Mm -hmm. they're going to need depth rotation guys. Oh, you sure. Yeah. And, and so, you know, somebody like Cornette who came in last year and they liked him better than Mo Wagner in terms of depth and potential you got to think that he probably, I'm not saying definitely, but he probably could have gotten an invite that wasn't an Exhibit 10 to a camp somewhere. I mean, it's right, he was right on the I line. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there were many options for him. But you're right, possibly. You know, But it makes a- sense for them to try to get somebody like that back where they feel like they can trust him. He's already gotten some experience. In, you know, the system, which was going to change a little bit, obviously got a new coach, sure. but, but then keeping him in that system, they liked enough of what they saw. I think that they're definitely, you know, considerate of where can we stash some depth where we would be able to bring them in into the bench. So who, who's the other exhibit? Who's the other floater guy? Oh, uh, Juwan um, Morgan. Well, uh, but he's not definitely floating between Maine. Who was the first guy that they put on a, on the uh the two way. Don't they have one other don't they have oh, a player oh, on a two way? Oh, 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 Hauser. Yeah. Um, right. They got Sam yeah. Hauser on right. a two way. So Right. So he's definitely I mean he's definitely be playing in Maine. That's that's right. a certainty. Right. Um and so that you know that's we'll see what happens with him. I mean he's certainly shot the lights out pretty 
pretty well there at, at, towards the end of uh, summer league. And I, and I think, you know, that he's going to get a lot of minutes. Um, you know, he's going to see most of his minutes in Maine, um, certainly. Um, but, you know, it, it sounds like, you know, you, you, you send Cornette to Maine. Um, and, you know, I, Bobby Manning mentioned this in his, in his post on Celtics blog, but, um, you know, he interviewed, uh, Cornette's sister right. and Nicole. And she was saying, you know, basically how that, you know, his, his dad kind of regretted not pushing harder to stay in the league. And I feel like this is kind of like that move. Like you could have gone overseas and could have made more money, but it put him a little bit further away from being able to realize game back in the NBA. And it sounds like, you know, when you're in a situation like this, and of course when his dad played, they didn't have a G league or a D league, but now you know, you look at this, you know, where you're at now, it's probably a, a good spot because you're right. If, if there is a consolidating trade that's made, he's ready to step right in and, and fill in as, as a, you know, as a veteran minimum guy. And that seems like a pretty good move for, um, for somebody like that. And we have to move, you know, 90 minutes down the highway. That's, that's pretty sweet. I'd say. And when you make a consolidation trade too, what's the other thing you need? Shooting. Cause you know, you're not going to go out and get a ball handler. You need somebody who can spot up in the corner while the other guys are driving, getting, garnering all that attention, you know, and Cornette can shoot from the outside. So he gives him a little bit of that. And then you have Hauser who is, you know, three point specialist, right? So there's somebody else that you can just trust to be in the corner, ready for the kick out and knock down the open shot because the defenses are paying attention to three, potentially four other guys on the floor that are going to do some serious damage. So uh, I think there are signs here. I'm not saying that they definitely have a trade in the works. I'm just saying it seems like they're building with that in mind for sure in a lot of ways. I'm a little more dubious that that anything really is going to happen this year, that they're building towards it. But but I think that that there's – it's just – it's. I think it's solid team building stuff, and it it kind of backs up – what we've seen over the last few years of what it takes effectively to build a strong team. And you look at, you look at, you know, Milwaukee, you know, a lot of the guys are, there's a lot of one dimensional players on that Milwaukee Bucks team last year. And, you know, the one skill they seem to have was shooting. Um, they were either defenders or they were shooters. And, uh, I think that that's a, a good, um, sort of, uh, piece to, to recall in that, you know, you, you can never have enough of that. And I think they, unfortunately, in the middle tier of this, of this bench, of this rotation, they don't have a lot of it. Um, so you might as well add what you can on the periphery and who knows, you may strike gold as, as Miami did with Duncan Robinson. Maybe Sam Hauser is the next, next Duncan Robinson. That would be pretty nice. That would be a nice find for the Celtics. Yeah. 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 For sure. All right. So there'll be plenty to talk about because we're going to have to dive into roster construction and everything else for several weeks of training camp because we're, we're many weeks away from the opening night of the season. So media day, two and a half weeks away. Then we get some training camp. Then we get a week of what the hell do we talk about? Please will opening night. Come on, come on, come on. And then we're in it. So in the meantime, lots of things going for former Celtics loving, loving Paul Pierce and uh, 
no apologies for getting fired from ESPN coming from that man. <laughs> and then uh, the Photoshop of Kevin that Kevin Garnett put of Ray. I mean, of Rondo well. and Pierce <laughs> and him taking Ray out of the picture and his mis misaligned tan suit. Come on, Ray. What were you thinking? Like, you didn't want to be the outsider. You're the only guy who wore the tan suit. You literally, even he's standing outside of the three of them in the picture. It's, it was easy to crop him out. It's hilarious. Uh, so anyway, love to pour gas on that one as much as I can, <laughs> but. Well, it, it just, since you went there, I mean, I was, Gary Washburn wrote about this, about how it's time for Garnett basically to give it up, you know, his, his I thought you'd bite on that. That's where I wanted you to take yeah, I, it. I saw look, you posting about it. That's, so I was hoping you would take the bait. He's got to get it. Like, why is this Kevin Garnett's problem? I, I'm sorry. I mean, I get that that's where kind of the posse of that team is around and, and it's, you know, Garnett needs to, it's like you know, the oldest sibling but, always gets blamed for everything. Yeah. Whoever's the strongest and the old, you know, I'm not saying he's the oldest, but it's no. the same concept. You know, right. I was the oldest right. child, so everything's my fault. And that's just the way it goes. He's the strongest, most charismatic of that group. And so he gets blamed and that's what it is. But, you know what? Like, how about this? How about we go out there and we actually decide to, I don't know, how about both guys have to earn some of this? I mean, why do we have to always, every time I read this, it's about, well, it's KG's got to do this. How about Ray? Like, why we, why is everyone always letting Ray Allen off the hook on this one? He is just as stubborn and as pigheaded about this. As any, you know, as Kevin has anybody. It's just yeah. he doesn't act as outwardly like that. And he picks up and whenever someone wants a quote, he, he answers. Right. That's the problem. He's, and I just, it, it annoys me to no end because it's, I get it. And, and I, I agree. It should be over. They should find a way to work towards it, but it takes two sides. Why ah, are we, I don't think it has to be over. I love it. Well, I love it. I, I, love I want, Ray. I, love I agree Ray with on Paul. the outside. I, I want to see this. I want to see them all together. I do want to see that. I want to see it end. I want to see them put bygones be bygones. But there's no way in hell that should happen without Ray Allen accepting some level of responsibility. And he won't do it. You mean and he like won't accept part, any of it. You mean like the part where he didn't return anybody's phone calls and went to the enemy right after they lost to him? Right? Like, come on. Right? That's why I love it, dude. Like, I love just it. Just freaking accept responsibility. You're, it's like a two, it's like we got a five-year-old. I've already edited him out of all of my championship <sighs> memories. Like KG, you just cropped him out. Yeah. Just like took him out of it. He's been cropped out of my memories of all of that. <laughs> like, I remember Brian Scalabrini more than I remember Ray Allen. Well, you know, he had that famous, right. Yeah, exactly. No, PJ Brown, I remember okay. him more than I remember Ray Allen. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Leon Powell, I remember oh, more. Leon Powell. <laughs> but look, no, seriously, I mean, it, it's, it's a time, yeah, time, it is time to be over. I think it would be great to be able to, to put it bygones be bygones. That's, Ray's got to, Ray's got we need the, the people who are writing about this to put some responsibility on Ray and nobody will That'll do it. never happen. Nobody will do it. They no. want to say, well, we're fans and we're bitter and all that. Yeah, I'm bitter. And you know, you can hear that in what we're talking about here, but KG's bottom line not is a fan. KG's not a fan. And he's no, 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 no. But I'm saying I'm those saying, who are on the no, outside I, of it. I get what you're saying. A hundred percent. I follow yeah. you. I'm just saying 
It's not up to us, even though the fans no. don't want it. KG's not KG didn't shut him out because the fans are bitter. No, that's right. what I'm saying. That's, it's got nothing to do with the fans. Anybody but I think goes, KG uh, would. You got like it's got nothing to do with us. As Paul said, I think I think he in, in the article he he uh, Chris Vance wrote about the profile about his entering the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he thinks it's that KG's even KG softening. Rondo, on the other hand, not so much. But if KG goes, Rondo will follow. I, I, I am 100% convinced of that. Um, although you know there's what would be awesome? rumors about that. You know what too. would be awesome? What would be awesome is what? if they go to this party and then Avery Bradley like shuttles himself into oh my the, Ray, the Rondo, Paul, and KG. <laughs> so that petty. Be great? Oh, so petty. I'm Avery Bradley. I got Ray's spot. He can wear a tan suit. Oh if he gosh. wore a tan suit, that would be even better. And then they crop him in. You know, his shoulders get close. They're all tight. There's Avery Bradley rocking it. Oh, my gosh. That would be oh so gosh. awesome, dude. Hey, 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 goodbye, Ray. All right. Well, let's talk right, about Paul that, Pierce. We're not right, giving due first, respect to the, to the, the truth. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As a matter of fact, Tampa Bay is playing Dallas as we speak and record this. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. So get all your updated odds, props, and contests, including Online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100%. That's right, not 50%, 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo Make a bet on Thursday's September 9th season opener. That was yesterday, if you're listening to this, between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. But if you lose, your wager will be refunded. So for all of you who participated, congratulations. But there's up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code. And it's not 50 anymore, baby. It's 100. The promo code NFL100. NFL 100 to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Bet on the Pats since you can't bet on the Bucks. We're out oh. there. We're keeping it 100 over here is what we're doing. We're not even keeping like it 50 that. anymore. Like we're that. keeping it NFL 100 at this point. Anyway, <sighs> Paul Pierce, man, the truth, the Hall of Famer. The big week, truth. big week for the Celtics. Big week for the Celtics. Paul Gordon. Pierce going in. Bill Russell going in a second time. Mike Gorvin going into the Hall of Fame. Big Mikey. week for the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Big yeah. freaking week, man. Big week. Dude, Big it's awesome. It's awesome. It is. The only thing that would make it a little bit more awesome is if Pierce did finish his career. I'm glad. Things went the way they did because we got some pretty good players around here now. But don't tell me you don't wish that Paul played every single season in green because I know you did. No, I do. I do. Um, I do wish that. But I also know that if we didn't have – if that trade doesn't happen, we don't have decent him and Jalen Brown. and <laughs> It's easy, <laughs> you know it's easy I mean? not to be sour about it. It's, yes, yeah. absolutely. It was the right thing to do. But, boy, it would – I mean, 
sentimental sentimentality wise, yeah. this would be so much sweeter if he if he never played, especially if he never played for the Nets, let alone Washington. But the Nets were a, no, a nothing team, though. Like before, yeah. until like the last. 12 months. Yeah, he didn't come back to months. bite us. He didn't come back to bite us like Ray did. Ha <laughs> ha, see how I did that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, but I, I don't think that Paul, uh, you know, Paul's absence, you know, we were, we were down and out of it. Whatever happened in Brooklyn was kind of inconsequential. The stuff in, in Washington that he did, um, it was good for what it was. Um, but, you know, we were out of it. He was doing something else somewhere. It kind of gave you a rooting interest while the Celtics were so bad in that, in that interim period in 13 and 14 and 15. Um, and then obviously we came back up pretty quickly. I mean, think about it this way. If you don't do that and Paul finishes his career here, you don't have those Nets picks. Um, you know, KG, let's say KG finishes his career here too. Um, you're probably hitting bottom. Last year, two years ago, you know, 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that, maybe you got a shot at Luca. I don't, you know, I don't know, but, uh, you're, we're eight years past that trade now, right? We're eight years past that trade and we are, I don't know that we're like knocking on the door of championship. Yeah, but, but we're, we're on the rise. We're, we're right, heavy on exactly. the rise. Can you imagine not yeah. being, Starting that run now, you know, like being that much further away, that, that uh, would, that, that, that's tougher, you know. I mean, there's a lot that we've talked about how great it is to have young players and follow the rise of those players, but like to have a couple, three more years of Paul and KG declining. That would have been tough to watch. That would be tough and to it watch. would have been sad. Yeah. Speaking of which, this whole rumor about Paul Pierce getting traded and Cuban confirming it. And the thing is this, I believe, I believe that that conversation happened. I just think that that conversation likely happened the same year the Nets trade happened after Danny had a con, like if they had told me it was before 2008 and then I'm thinking the Chris Paul kind of a thing, a three-way deal and whatever. Okay. Maybe, you know, who knows, but it wasn't, they said it's after 2008. So then I'm like, yeah, that's the conversation of we're breaking this band up. We're going to spin them all off. It was, I guarantee you, Danny spoke to them and said, we're going to make a move. And that's when Paul had the conversation. Cause there's no way that Paul had that conversation with Cuban and the team got that close while they still planned on having KG and Rondo and Paul all on the same team. There's no way it happened in that timeline. That was a Nets year conversation. And so Paul was probably, you know, almost a maverick. Just the same as he was a net. Yeah. And, and I remember there were a lot of like rumors about around that time, 06, 07, I'm saying about Paul trades and, and you know, what's happening and who's going where. And I, I just, it, it, I don't think, I think, I think Cuban's got his number, his, his times mixed up because I don't think it makes sense. I don't, I don't know why the Celtics would have traded him. I mean, he wasn't on the downside. He, it didn't seem like he was not fitting in, that there was a cultural issue. It feel like, 
I mean, Paul was probably at the zenith of his powers after the 2008 season. And maybe that's why you gauge, you know, Paul just, or Danny just gauging the, the market like he did with everybody all the time. But I, I, that just doesn't now, make sense. Now this whole conversation and Paul started it was that there was a three way deal and it almost yeah. got done because right. the third team fell out or right. opted out because of a pick, which is makes you think it wasn't really that good of a deal if a pick wound up taking them out of it. But I guess it depends on what the third team was getting back in well, return. It was the pick was going to Boston. That was what caused them to, to opt out of it. And why would, why oh, would they, they, so they wouldn't have cared if it went to the Mavs. They just didn't, right. well, then, then it's a division rival. You would think Eastern, yeah, Eastern Has Conference, somebody, or at least Eastern Conference. It could have been somebody, you know, if you think about who the teams that would have mattered, Orlando, not so much at that point. You're probably, you know, you're looking at, at, you know, Detroit, um, uh, Cleveland. I mean, those Atlanta, that, that was kind of the, the core of the East at that point. Nobody really would have cared. I don't, I, I don't really see that there was a trade there that made sense. And frankly, the stuff with Ray started to fall apart in that season and the next season. So I, I just, it doesn't, the timeline doesn't really match up with everything we know about the 2018 and everything we know about, about Danny. Um, uh, so I'm just going to excuse it as, um, you know, Cuban being Cuban, but you know, I think Paul set this shitstorm off. So I'm having a hard time just laying one detail at Cuban's feet. I, 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 I don't even, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, Paul is the one that said that he almost got traded and then Cuban responded to that. Yeah. But, but I don't think the, and I don't think, Paul was indicating it was 2008. Cuban was like, oh, he well, just said, no, no. So here's where, here's where I think the reporting got loose on that. He didn't say it was 2008. He said it was after 2008. That doesn't mean that's true. right after the 2008 season. That's why I'm predicating it on that was when Danny went to these players and said, we got to start over. We did what we could do. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to place you guys with winners. That's when Paul had the conversation with Cuban in my mind. Yeah. And that, okay, it, that and, makes sense. And, that I get. And it would explain why they'd be pissed that Boston's getting a pick, right? Because that's what Boston was looking for was all these rebuilding picks, right? It it who knows the third the third team could have been Brooklyn. We don't even know that originally they weren't all going different directions and then Brooklyn said, "You know what? We want them. Give them all to us. We'll give you every pick." You know? But so I doubt it. But. How far down that road do you think they went? How far, how far down from, from 2008 could that conversation have happened? I think it was, a, that's what I'm saying. I think it, it, 2012 after that season. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I don't think that, I don't think that that conversation happened related to Paul. Yeah. Until they knew that they, that KG wasn't going to get it done. You know, and I think even in Danny's mind, he was going to build that roster around Rondo. And then, you know, because they had the picks coming and everything else, but I think it became really clear that they weren't going to be able to build around Rondo anymore either. Yeah. So I, I just went back and kind of looked at some of the rosters that Dallas had, like who would be a fit? How would you have made that move? Karan Butler was always a guy who was. You know, Pierce like, not as talented, not as good. Younger. But some, younger. Right. Exactly. Um, and you know, the year after 2010, 
The Mavs win the championship. And remember, after 2010, after that finals, there was a lot of feeling like this is it. It's over. You know, not, you know, this whole thing's going to blow up. You know, everyone's going to go their own ways. Like there was, remember that? Like it was like, yeah, but Pierce's quote was, I'm your missing piece for Dirk. So I doubt it was 09. I don't feel, but Pierce was quoted as part of the Manic story. The Cuban was asked independently, not by Manic. Yeah, but let me tie that. Yeah, but let me tie this together. I do know that. But my point is, is so if it, if it was before the championship, then you really talk in 09, which was way too early. Right. They had the one bad season with KG. They're going to rehab him. Why would Boston do that? Clearly not ready. Right. It's more likely it was 12 because then you have one season removed from a championship and Cuban wants to be a winner and he wants one more. So he's like, and so Pierce goes to Cuban and says, I'm your missing piece. Right. That one lot because he's, mm-hmm. he knows it's over in Boston. Danny made it clear, made it clear to the players before he started shopping. Remember Danny handled that really well. Like there were lots of stories, not that they wanted to leave, not that they were happy about getting traded and breaking up, you know, the big three in Boston. Well, with Rondo being the number three, it wasn't like the players wanted that, but Danny approached them and said, the time has come, right? We're just, you're not going to be able to win it here. We're, we're cash strapped, everything else. You know, even the best thing for you guys is to move on. That doesn't mean that Danny's only dance partners in all those trades was 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 a situation like Brooklyn where they were going to keep KG mm-hmm. and Paul together with the salaries that they had. As a matter of fact, Brooklyn might have been the only option for them, right, in terms of salary cap space and everything else and then assets and picks. So it's quite likely that when Danny started the process, he was planning on shipping KG and Paul in different directions. And it would not make it would make a lot of sense for Paul Pierce to try to control his destiny reach out and make a case for landing in a spot with a team that was only one year removed from a championship. And I'm your missing piece. Let's run it back with Dirk one more time before it's over, man. I'm your boy. We'll go out there. We'll get it done. You got some young guys coming up on the team. We can do this. Like that's the only, that's the only time I've thought about this a ton. It's the only context that makes any sense to me for Pierce to do anything proactively as well. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I think that's fair. I think that you're right. I just think you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say 2008 unless it was somewhat close. To no, that. he said after 2000. I know, but like four it's years. It's just after the championship. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, sure. That's like saying last year. Let's well, ask. No, the championship because here's, too. no, it is four important. years is a long time. Nah, yeah. No, 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 no. 2008. Yeah. Is the, no, listen, 2008 <laughs> is the line in the sand on where the Celtics were at. Everything before 2008 was rebuild. It would have made sense. It would have made sense for them to want to trade Paul. As a matter of fact, they almost traded Paul for Paul before that. Those rumors have been substantiated and everything else. And so it makes sense that Cuban wouldn't nail down the year and would just put it in context of, yes, this is after the championship when these guys are together. Not something we explored, you know, in the middle of Dirk's, you know, Heart of his, you know, career and everything else before the Celtics made their moves, you yeah. know, because 2008 is the line in the sand. Everything before 2008 is rebuilt. I agree with that. No, I, and I think that's the point of the story is that, you know, Paul was was talking about really before they got KG and why it is his willingness to go elsewhere before that. That was, I mean, that was the context of the story, and I think you know Paul, you know, Cuban's response of saying no, no, it's after. You know, I, that makes sense to say, oh no, it's after that. 